What's up, everybody? You're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with your host, D-Star. Enjoy the show! What's up, everybody? This is your host, D-Star, here with... Bethany Ordaz. Tracy Anderson. Tracy, welcome back. Thank you. Bethany, hello for the first time. Hello for the first time. <laughs> so, Bethany, for the people that don't know you, can you give us a little bit about yourself? My name's Bethany. I work at Big Brothers Big Sisters. I am our community engagement and events manager. I've been here for six and a half years, and I get to do all the fun stuff like planning our fun events and raising money and supporting this great program. That's awesome. How did you get into this type of work? I had some friends that were bigs, a big couple. And their little brother was just sort of integrated into our lives as he was just around all the time. He used to hang out with us. I remember going to a Brewers game once, even just like a 4th of July party. Just Sean, little brother Sean, he was just there. He was part of the group. They just did a great job with him. And I thought it was awesome. And so I worked in politics for a long time and decided it was time for a career change. I saw the opening at Big Brothers Music Sisters and I thought, what a great program. I want to get involved. And I started working here and And it's the best. And so I'm never leaving. (laughs) I wanted to know if you ever had a big brother or a big sister yourself. I was never in the program myself, either as a child or as a mentor. Um, But I've certainly had... many great mentors in my life. And I think it's important, you know, to be a part of that and to give back and have just had, yeah, like I said, had the pleasure of seeing some friends do it. In fact, this weekend, one of my good friends is a big, is currently a big uh, for Father's Day. We were all hanging out and he brought his little brother. And it's just so nice to see because I I know this kid doesn't have a father in his life. And so it's nice to see my friend sort of stepping up and being there for this kid. So Tracy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Thank you. I did that because I know you love to laugh. I do. <laughs> yeah, you remember from the last time. Yes, I do. So how has things been going? Tell us a little bit about what has been going on um, since the last time you've been on. It's almost going to be a year for me. So it's been 10 months I've been with the organization. And then when I was on with you before, Mark Richardson joined us and we you know, we're really talking about our need for bigs, especially bigs of color and the wait list. And that's really been my role since that last episode and just continuing on, just continuing to be the community outreach and volunteer manager. So a lot of you have probably seen me out in the community at different events or galas and, and all kind of things, just trying to spread the word. Juneteenth. Yeah. You were at Juneteenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the tiniest boot in the world. I made it work. Well, yeah, that was awesome. You do a lot of great work in the community and we really appreciate that. Can you tell us a little bit about the waiting list? So when I started, the wait list was around 208 and it's kind of fluctuated since I've been in the role. But I think what's promising is we've seen consistent inquiries come in. So that's people that get online and at least want some information about the program. Um, because that's our goal. So right now we have about 196 kids that are currently on the wait list. Majority of those kids are kids of color and majority of them are boys. Again, when I'm out, I always get the same look and the same reaction from people. They, they love, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they love to see the program. The program is such a great reputation. So they think you're just out talking about the program, which I am, but I'm really trying to push our need. So when I tell them there's close to 200 kids waiting, people are genuinely shocked. 
uh, by this. So another thing that they're shocked about too is we have a total of 411 bigs in our program. Only 12 of those bigs are black. So that's another shocking thing that people don't realize either. And that's just something else we're trying to get the word out about. So we see that we have a huge need in Dane County and Madison in particular for bigs of color and not only just black bigs, right? But Latino mm-hmm. also, correct? So most of our bigs are white and female. And so, of course, we want bigs. We want mentors. We want any great example for our kids. It's disturbing and it's shocking that we've got only 12 black bigs. And then, you know, I don't know the exact number of Latinos right now or Asian, but it's not as many as white bigs. Uh, why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. I mean, I've been in the role for about 10 months now. I would say part of it does have to do with people just not knowing. I just don't think people are aware. And I think that is one of the great things about having a community outreach position uh, in place now is that that's the purpose, right? To be out everywhere and to let people know. I think people just say, gosh, what a great program. But I, they don't understand the magnitude of the issue that we have. Bethany, why do you think that we have the problem that we have with engagement with people of color? That's a good question. It's it's hard to know. I feel like a lot of, if you spend time out in the community um, attending events, you know, with other people of color, I feel like you see a lot of the same faces over and over. You know, I, I'm not sure why it's just certain folks in the Latino community are sort of doing everything and certain people in the black community are doing everything. And there's just, you know, we're just kind of spread out. So I'm not sure where we need to go to reach new people to get them involved. Because I do think, you know, in this like small, you know, subset of Dane County, when you are part of a community of color, and you engage in activities with that community, you just kind of see the same people a lot. I do think there's a certain strategy that has to happen when you are going after bigs of color. It's not I do a lot of presentations in person or virtual with businesses and organizations. That's one strategy. That's not a strategy that's going to uh, reach our bigs of color. So that's why Juneteenth was a great event. I do want to partner with a lot of people or organizations or maybe have like a social hour that's just focused on professionals or people of color to come, but to partner with certain things, you know, like MLK, maybe do something, you know, partnering with that or just being more strategic about it. I think getting more in front of people of color that way. That's awesome. Is there any companies or groups that in particular that you would want to partner with? Epic comes to mind. I know Epic. I would love to get in front of Epic. But most of the businesses and organizations, I mean, it's really been great since I've been in the role. I've had plenty to do. So (laughs) plenty. She's very busy. Yeah. I mean, AmFam has been great. They have me coming in at least three times a year just to set up a table. CUNA, which is now True Stage. True Stage. They're great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of businesses have been very open just for me to either come in and set up a table or just do something virtual or yeah. And I think it's just explaining to people that there's no special requirements or anything. I mean, this all we're talking about is spending time with a child. Um, you don't have to tutor them. You don't have to spend money on them. We're just talking about making time for them consistently and being there. That's it. Yeah. And I don't know if everyone understands that it's that easy. I don't think they do. So if there's any organizations and businesses that are listening out there, I know a lot of businesses now require volunteer hours or, 
you know, doing something in the community, maybe have me in. It does not take long. I'm literally like 15 minutes presentation. And that's with questions to just have me in and talk about the program. I mean, it's and it's no pressure. I'm not like aggressive when I'm going to these places like you've got to be a mentor because I understand people have different things going on in their lives. So just because you're not a mentor right now doesn't mean you won't be one in a few years or you may know someone that you can share the program with. What are some of the biggest things as far as fulfillment wise do you think that someone would get out of being a mentor? Just from some of the bigs that I've talked to, just having someone look up to you makes them feel really good. Also, when Mark was on, he had mentioned now he, you know, they were a big couple and they're still in touch with their little who is 21 years old now. But he learned a hobby from his big like bike riding bike racing. So you can learn different interests and hobbies, I think, from your little two. You know, bigs too that just say it was the best thing I've ever done in my life, becoming a big. Like it just literally, it's everything that you're doing right now in your life, the things that you love to do, you're just bringing a little along with you. That's it. The bigs have consistently said that they get more out of it than they ever thought they would. And it's just, yeah, I think it is having someone look up to you. It's just knowing that that you can be there for someone with no expectations. I mean, I'm not sure that these kids are expecting much at all. And so just to, to spend some time with them, to show up and cheer them on at a sporting event or a school play or something, it just means so much to them. And just to see their faces when you show up is just awesome. And for me, it's so exciting being here long enough that I've seen bigs and littles get matched together and then seeing them at events. And then, you know, we just had our graduation event a couple weeks ago, watching them graduate high school and the bigs are so proud of them. And it's just, it's so nice. And they become part of the families and the parents are so grateful to have the bigs too. It's just, uh, you know, that's when we all cry. So (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yes, that is the need, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we need more bigs of color. There's only 12 out of a hundred and something bigs. Thank you to the 12. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, 12. Thank you, 12. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. thank you, 12. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. We're not going to put anybody on the spot, but thank you, 12. Moving forward, the next thing is on our agenda uh, for the year is... The gala. Our gala. Yeah. The gala. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like you guys kind of like forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, forget. We didn't. <laughs> We've been very busy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So what is this gala about? So our gala is our largest fundraiser every year, both in terms of participation as well as the dollars we raise for our program. Our program is entirely free to the kids and the families that we serve. So all the funds raised at our gala and our other fundraising events throughout the year goes directly back into the program. So that's great. You know, doesn't cost a kid anything to sign up. doesn't cost the parent anything. So we are here to support that. Uh, we have wonderful um, sponsors that support this event every year. Our presenting sponsor is Mad City Windows. They've been awesome. This their fifth year sponsoring this event. And it's fun. It's like the most fun event for our attendees. It's a little stressful for the staff, I'll say, but it's awesome. It's a great night uh, where we celebrate mentoring in our community. We formally award our bigs of the year which is great. It's hard to say that one big is better than another big, but it is nice to sort of zero in on some stories of these great mentors that we have and honor them. So we will be honoring our bigs of the year, you know, and then we have a great auction. We have an enormous silent auction. We have a live auction. We have raffles. There's something for everyone.
fun. And it's a nice night just to be out in the summer, find friends, you know, people from organizations or, or your co-workers and come and enjoy a night um, where we get to tell great stories and share the great things that are going on here, but also to also express the need that we still have, the need for more mentors to help move these kids off the wait list. And yeah, it's a great night. And I'm very excited that both of you are going to be involved <laughs> this year. After the last podcast, I said, oh, wouldn't it be great if they were just, you know, maybe in charge up on the stage? So I did ask Dee and Tracy to host and they've agreed this year. So I'm very excited for you guys to be our, our host for this year's event. Tell us where this gala will be. It's Friday, July 28th. It's at the Monona Terrace, Friday night downtown. What more fun could there be? It starts at, we'll start at 5.30, some cocktails, some games, and then our program and dinner will be around 7, and we have a fun guest speaker also joining us. Judge Everett Mitchell is going to be there, and he's a former big as well in our program, and he's going to share... I just seen him at Juneteenth. Yeah, he's great. He spoke at an event we had several years ago to our matches, and he just shares an incredible story of mentoring of the mentors in his life. We're excited to have him this year as well. And dancing too. Yes. Got a DJ. And at the end of the night, DJ Payne One is going to be with us. He's also a longtime supporter of the program. We were going to work with him in 2020, but you know, then COVID changed everything. So um, we're glad that we have the opportunity to have him participate this year. I wanted to know, how did the pandemic affect the relationships between the bigs and the littles? The hardest part was that we weren't able to make new matches. It was hard for a big and a little to establish relationship virtually, but it did happen. We had we did have some matches that were okay. People pivoted, just like everybody in this country. We had to pivot and see what we could do with that disconnection. It was hard. It was hard on people, but I know the bigs sort of worked overtime to make it happen. I'd say I think there was a lot more video game playing. People were online playing video games with their littles or FaceTime, text messaging. Kids probably had a little bit more access to electronics than they would have normally had. A lot of times because they were doing virtual school too, we had a number of bigs like helping out do with virtual school with the littles, just more like distance type activities. Um, we had several kits that we put together. We had like a pizza making kit. Uh, we had some craft kits so the bigs could pick them up put one half of the kit with with the little and then the big would take the other half home and they could go on zoom and they could still make pizza together just in their own houses so we did try a number of things like that and it worked out pretty well and i know that you know sometimes the bigs would maybe drop off you know groceries or things like that to the littles family you know or just Thank you for listening to Out of the Box Podcast, an inspiring show advocating for our current and former inmates and their families in Wisconsin. Are you interested in starting your own podcast? Click our affiliate link or Buzzsprout for all your podcast hosting needs. You can also support the show by clicking our support link in the description.